Hey, do you want to be a DJ? I want to be a DJ. Hey everybody, welcome. I'm your host, Varsky, your lovable and adorable host. And today, we have a very special guest. We have Kiss FM's Charlie T, which I'm really excited to to show you guys. I had a really good chat with her. Um, it was about a month or two ago, but what was really nice about this chat is that she's the first radio host uh, to, ha- to have on my show. And it was just lovely learning about the aspects of, of radio and how she's actually got there because her journey there has been incredible. And you've got to take your hats off to her because she's worked so hard. And it's it's a great listen. I had I had such a good time chatting to her. So without further ado, uh, this is Vasky's I Want to Be a DJ podcast with Charlie T. What is going on, guys? I am here with uh, a very special guest, someone who I've wanted on the show for a while, mainly because um, she's the first of my radio presenters on the show. Um, and it's the one and only Charlie T from Kiss. What's going on? Hello. How are you, mate? I'm really, really good. Thank you so much for doing That's it. All right. I know. No I, I know. I thank you. I, I thank you off air, but I generally mean it. It means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are. Um, well, I, I am really interested to find out the journey of Charlie T. And I'm going to start off by asking the question that I've asked all my guests, is that what is a week in the life of Charlie T uh, in the busy period of the year like now? Oh, my God. Um, this is a funny, funny question you ask, actually, because it is absolutely mad at the moment. January is always quiet. And then, yeah, I do loads of different things. So, obviously, DJing on the weekend, Um I actually have seven shows across the KISS networks, which is quite mad. Check you out. Um, my big one, of, of course, is my Friday night show, which we have guests on every single week. So, yeah, you'll hear everything, all the dance music cuts, everything from, like, drum bass to jungle to techno to disco. Um, so, yeah, just kind of prepping that every week, preparing for gigs, voice tracking on my other shows. I do, like, voiceover work as well. And I've just started a new project as well called – and I don't know if you know about this. I might not have told you about this. What's that? It's called T Total. Right. And um, it's essentially like a music blog. It's a little bit like what Bicep did when they started. Okay, um, okay. But it's multi-genre, and we're going to turn it into a record label and a music night as well. So, so where, where yeah. is that now? Where, where would you find that now? That is live. That is a website right now. Um, it's called ttotalmusic.com. But the events and the label are happening this year. There isn't a date for those yet. But, yeah, it's all in the pipeline. So, yeah. It's quite hectic at the moment. So it's juggling it radio it. and that <laughs> and gigs. And, yeah. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. So let's um, let's well, let's break it down first. What came first, the DJ or the radio presenter? Um. Oh God, what did come? I think yeah, DJing. I think they kind of sort of happened at the same time, except I wasn't a very good DJ before I started. Okay. Radio. That kind of makes sense. Like I used to yeah, yeah. when I was about nineteen twenty. Like I got into a bit later just because. I don't know whether it's being a girl or just where I'm from. A lot of the girls where I'm from weren't really into dance music. I was kind of the only one that used to hang around with all the boys at the pub. And, um, yeah, I just used to, like, mess around on their decks. They used to let me have a go. I was terrible. I was so bad. We all were at Um, one point. We all were. Yeah, like, I just used to, like, (laughs) sit and clang. And I started on CDs. And, yeah, and then one day I got... um, I got I got some decks and I just yeah I used to sit in my room for like six hours a day clanging playing okay, CDs so and, let's hold yeah. there and let's 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 go back to the point where what was the point and well, actually where was the world where was the music and where was Charlie T when you decided 
um, I want I want to give this DJ in a crack. Did it just ha- did it just fall into your place, or was it something that you chased? No, actually, mm, can I tell this story? Yeah, we're going to tell it anyway. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I was working at a pub, like I said, when I was nineteen, and. I did uni and everything, and I almost failed my second year of uni because I completely and utterly fell in love with drum and bass when I was about 19. It does that. Drum and bass has that effect on, yeah. on, on pretty much all aspects of life. You know? Completely. And I remember um, when dubstep was massive, I remember going to see like Chasing Status and Rusko and looking up at Chasing Status doing their, their first sort of album tour and thinking, God, that's a cool job. I want to do what they did and being like, nah, there's no way I'm ever going to do something <laughs> like that. That's far too cool. And then um, after uni, I decided to go do a season in Ibiza. And I went to as, go- as a bartender or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as a bartender, yeah. yeah. And um, again, we kind of had decks in the flat and one of my friends was a DJ. So yeah, just kind of the, I think the exposure there, and it was actually a zoo project party were in the mountains it was all the zoo project staff that threw like a party up there um and let's just say we've been partying to the very early hours and we were sitting on top of a mountain and one of my mates was like you should do radio you know like you're really into music you chat a lot like um that would be the perfect job I was like do you know what that's what I'm going to do with my life. And that was it. Like from then on, I came back, I got in touch with loads of radio stations. I worked for a community radio station for three and a half years before Kiss. Um, so yeah. Okay. So the community radio station. Yes. Um, how did you get involved in that? And what was, what was your part to play in that? So funnily enough, they actually found me, um, because I, I've done so much. It's ridiculous. Um, I started working for, have you heard of D&B TV, drum and bass TV? Yes, I've heard of that, yeah. So that was kind of where I first got my taste of learning how to sort of present, if you want. Um, right. Just because I was so obsessed with drum and bass, I was like, yeah, I want to be involved. And I knew they were looking for um, a girl to host the show. And I was like, yeah, definitely. So I did that. He saw it and was like, do you fancy doing radio? I was like, I'd love to do radio, but I've got no experience. And then, um, yeah, so Sunny at Westside contacted me and was like, you should come in. And, and yeah, kind of, from then on, I, I tried a little bit of everything on radio as well. I did a little bit of daytime just to learn how to talk on radio and work the desk. But yeah, I started my specialist show kind of started there all those years ago. And um, it was before we had decks in the studio. This is embarrassing, actually. We just had one of these CD players and it was like stop and play. Is it the ones with the dial? It's got like a dial with a thumb Yeah, that's Oh, exactly I know what you're talking it. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the radio desk had like no compressors built in. And I was altering the gain of each tune on the top of each channel. And it was absolutely hilarious looking back. But I was, loved um, it. That was my first DJ set at uni. I did it for free. And, oh, really? And, and they, they presented me with these two massive things with like a, a disc... Uh, a this um palette and uh this dial with a thumb with a fingerprint which you're yeah, meant yeah. to like speed the track up <laughs> yeah it's the same as you like kind of turned it but there was no way of i mean we didn't have decks in the studio then it was just what was but... your at this point what was your dj ability like what would you say your dj ability um like? average not not the same as now i could quite i could mix t- I, I could mix yeah. but was it was at this point was it like djing is something that you just enjoyed doing still and radio was like you know that was your focus I don't know. I kind of loved both as much as each other, but to be brutally honest, because I didn't make music in terms of DJing, I wasn't in demand at that point. I was working on a community radio station. I didn't make music. So the only places I really got booked were like student nights or, um, yeah, just kind of anywhere that would have me. And a lot of it for free as well, as I'm sure you'll know. Yeah, as we all do. Every DJ starts out that way. So, yeah. um, So on that note, what uh, what was your first ever gig as a solo DJ? Oh my god! And, and, and can you, what's the? There must be a funny story from there. 
my God, what was my first ever gig? I think, like, like first ever, what we call it a gig? I think I played at a uni open day. Right. Really randomly. And, yeah, they just kind of wanted some music, I guess. Just yeah, to... You were like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, like, it was I can something play. really <laughs> random like that. And then maybe, maybe a student night, I think, in Ealing, I want to say, was my first proper DJ gig. Like a paid DJ gig, but not for free. Like uh, a paid one. Yeah. Where I actually got a dollar on the night and it was cash, obviously. That must have been a um, good day. Yeah, it was a very good it day. It could have been as little as 20 quid. You was, you still would have been chuffed. Well, they paid for my taxi home. So that was oh, like, result. you get paid and you get your taxi included and you get your bevs. So you're like, yes. My, my first gig was, um, was at a gig in Loughborough uh, at a place called Echo. I don't even know if it's still open yet. Yeah. And um, I agreed to do it for free, obviously. And uh, I was like, obviously I was a student and I was skint. And I was like, well, can I have enough? Can I just have a fiver for my cab fare home? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they said no. So, hey, Echoes, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sorry, as you were. <laughs> you're doing all right, though, now, mate. You're all good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. We are, we're, I am slowly getting there. It's, um, and the most important thing, as as you would know, is, is just your focus and your happiness. And I think, well, you got them to in check, you're good, no matter what. Yeah. No, um, so we are so we, we are now Charlie T is now at uh, on the brisk of joining um, DMB TV from doing community radio well so she's done DMB TV she's uh, now at the community radio and, and what was your journey there like for so three years you said three I was on the station I was probably the longest person that was still on the station before I made the jump to actual paid radio work was that, that was- common in that station did everyone was it like uh, almost like a feeder system to main radio yeah, do you know what? Westside, the station I came from. So Alex, who does Drive Time Now with Andrea, they both came from Westside. Right, okay, uh, okay. Pandora, who, yeah, now does the Kistry mid-morning show. She started at Westside, as did Neve. A lot a lot of guys did, actually. And I think I think Ricky, Melvin and Charlie, maybe. So a lot, yeah, a lot of people kind of came from either Westside or Bang FM. That was the other one, if you liked urban music. Yeah. Um, so it's a development. It's developmental for for main for main radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some great radio um, stations for that at the moment as well. I think if you've heard of Radar and Represent, these guys are great for that kind of for, for starting out. If you want to start out in radio, yeah. just to learn your craft. Like I keep saying that to anyone. It's like, how did you get into them? Like you need to go and learn your craft and be really good at it before you even think about talking to the big stations. Yeah, I think that's. Um... That's very common. Even I think in all of us, we could say when I get. I mean, the reason why I started this podcast is just because the sheer amount of messages I got. How did you? How did you get to MTV? How did you do this? How did you do that? And I'm yeah. like, well, where do you want me to start? Uh, because I think people generally assume that you just get plucked from nowhere. They do, yeah. It just seems like you come out of nowhere, and and as you know as well, there's a lot of years and prep that goes into it. Like I've done multiple jobs in music, and I've said yes to everything for yes, free. Of course, internships left, right, and centre. Like I've worked for Sony, I've worked for DJ Mag. Like you just have to say yes to absolutely everything and just be willing to learn. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Um, the actual. The act, the actual physical part of performing mm-hmm. is literally is a, is a reward in in what we do. You know, our our, yeah. our jobs are very different in terms of other people's jobs. Where our job is actually uh, uh, a reward, um, yeah. and everything that goes behind the scenes that goes um, the hardest part of what we do is um, a lot of what people don't see. That's that's the graft, yeah, and, and that include is 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 the journey that you've got you've got to be here. Um, 
And I think that um, it's, it is important for anyone. Mm. I think, and, and I think in today's society, um, with the whole of instant gratification, mm. people are more, ex- they expect to go big straight away. Yeah. And, and when you try and explain to someone, even me, I find myself, um, you know, caught up in, obviously in society because I'm around it, I'm living in it. And yeah. it's like, um, you want something, you can have it tomorrow. And, and it's the same with people in their job, their, their, you know, in their career base. They're like, right, okay, I want to be a DJ. I'm going to go and do this and, and I'm going to hope to get massive straight away. And, yeah. and it's not like that in this industry. This industry hasn't followed suit. Unless you, obviously there are ways to get famous quick. Um, yeah. And good luck to you if you want to do that. But it's a different ball game. In, in, in the DJ and radio industry. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it is. It, and any and I think any radio presenter or broadcaster, whatever you want to call yourself, DJ, will tell you there is there is usually like a backstory and they will have heard no a million times. I applied to KISS like twice before I even got a look in. I'd already sent several showreels. So, okay, it's, n- so it's not a case of you get the yes the first time. Sometimes it's no, come back when you're better or no, come back when, you know, there's something that sets you apart from everybody else who already have on the station. It's just a case of like, you have just have to keep trying, grow a thick skin. And if they do reject you, don't take it personally. Go, oh, I know that I'm good enough for the station. It's nothing personal. It's just that, that there is somebody better at the moment. That's right. You have to go away and go oh, okay, not their loss. You have to go in and go, right, how can I make myself better? How how can I make myself more appealing to the station? It's obviously I've got a bit more learning to do. And I think that's the better way to look at it rather than, oh, they're lost, they can't have me, blah, blah, blah. Like <laughs> literally go away and think to yourself, right, what do these people have that I don't? What do I need to do to make myself better and just work your ass off? And so, yeah. So on that, on that note, we'll go back to... Um, you uh, will go back to the end of your stint with uh, community radio. Yeah. Tell me the process in which, so from there, did you go straight to kiss or did you go? Some... No. Yeah. I went straight to kiss from there. Right. So tell um, me the, tell me the process of what you did to, you know, the, 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 the beginnings of the process to, to do a journey to kiss. So I weirdly actually won a competition which okay. they put on every single year. It's called the Kiss Chosen One, and they look for a new presenter. So you have to submit a video um, of you talking, showcasing like your broadcasting skills, um, and then yeah, they whittle those videos. Or you can go to a live audition, which I I couldn't do. I missed them actually. And it was my mate Andrew at the community station. Was like, you should go for it. And I'm like, no, I want to do specialists. I'm not really sure if they'll take me on. I think I feel like they're looking for daytime presenters. And she was like, no, you should go for it anyway. Like you, you know, you're different. Like they might like that. So I submitted a video, and then I got shortlisted. To t- there was twenty. So there was about six thousand people that entered it. Okay. Okay. Um, this is quite a lot, quite a lot of people. And yep. uh, yeah, I got whittled down to the 25 and then we all went into Kiss and they tried us out on radio, heard what we sounded like and gave us loads of tasks to do, like freestyling about a given subject. What and was your subject? What did I even talk about? It was just telling stories. I think mine was probably something related to a house party. They're like, tell us something embarrassing that's happened to you. And um, I, find, I, I find when people ask me that, I, I just, I, I kind of just pause and think, there are so many things embarrassing, but I can't think. When someone <laughs> yeah, asks me right there and then, I, I'm like, um, uh, uh, freeze on the spot. No, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> to be honest, I literally, I didn't even think I was going to get down to the top 10 because everybody that was there 
that they kind of had really big personalities and they were really loud. And even though I'm a broadcaster, I'm actually like, you put me in a room for the people I don't know. And I'm actually quite shy, which is hard to believe, but I actually am. And I was sitting there the whole day, they were filming it. They didn't really have any footage of me for the winning video because I wasn't the one that was like, yeah, like take pictures of me or whatever. I just kind of went in and was like, I'm here, I like music and I like talking and, and, and that's the <laughs> end. And it, I guess, yeah, I guess it kind of, yeah, it worked. So we got down to the final 10 and then, yeah, they announced the winner. And then I started off on Kiss Fresh with just my, I started off, with, yeah, with just my mix show on the Thursday night. That was so the first thing I did. if we go um, to that, the moment where they announced that you as a winner. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, pretty insane. Like <laughs> I can the, imagine, right? <laughs> do you know, it's more like relief. It was more like the last three and a half years of my life working for no working three jobs 70 and I'm, I kid you not 70 hours a week I was working I was working like 50 60 hours at the pub and then I was doing DME TV and in three radio shows a week in Ealing which was an hour and a half each way to get there so it's a three-hour round trip and I just yeah and I was running a music blog and I was just at my point where I was like oh my gosh somebody please give me a break I'm yeah, working yeah. so hard um and yeah it was more like relief I just I don't think I even spoke they sent a camera room a camera crew to my flat to surprise me and took me into kiss and I don't think I said a word for the first minute I was just and a bit they were like, like guys have we have we chosen the right person here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just a bit shell-shocked but yeah I bought I yeah literally and that um yeah that was it I guess and then from then on it's just kind of been a mad mad three god I've been there three three years now yeah so you've been with kiss for three years so, um, oh yeah like nearly three and a half I think and god, what was your upset. first uh what was your first involvement with kiss what what show was it what, what was your so it was a mix show, obviously. Um, it was an hour on a Thursday night to begin with. What time? Uh, what time was it? I've had things that it's changed so many times. You see, um, I think I'm. I think I did. Was it the, late night? Or was it like? Yeah, it was late. It wasn't. I think it, I feel like it was like eleven till twelve or something like that. It wasn't okay. like early hours. It was still all right on a that Thursday was, that was night. All right. You're still before the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a good slot. Um, and the show basically, yeah, was just kind of everything that is now, but we've kind of grown it. So it was, yeah, house-based, drum-based, techno, everything that I kind of love. Because I kind of have this rule with music. I don't really, I won't say I like a particular genre because I think so many have influenced my musical taste over Especially the years. Especially today. Especially yeah. today. There isn't, and no, there isn't one specific, you know... Even though there's a lot of people who would argue against it. I, I think that's bollocks. I think everything has an influence. Yeah, and I think the thing that's important at the moment with music is, and don't get me wrong, I don't like every single genre of dance music. There is some of it that, that you know, doesn't really sit well with me personally, but that's a yeah. personal preference. Of course, yeah. But as long as the music's got some kind of element of soul or some sort of feeling to it, and it makes you feel something... I will play like really dark techie drum and bass because I like the rolling bass line or I'll play like, you know, lovely jazz Dutch disco house because it makes me happy. I wouldn't, but then there's some really rubbish drum and bass. There's some really rubbish jazz house. It doesn't mean that that genre is rubbish. It just means that there's good and bad in everything, I guess. Yeah. So and yeah, it's, that's, it's all yeah. subjective anyway, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And, and I the think, yeah. Of, that is the beauty of music. Um, yeah. On that note, I want to digress to something because it's, it's been on my mind for a while and it's a good opportunity to bring it up now. Um, okay. Being in the dance music scene, you get a lot of... Um, so you've got like, you've got Deep House, you've got EDM, you've got Tech, you've got this. Uh, have, 
Have you noticed? Have you seen it? You must have the mm. hatred from fans from one one form of house to another. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, dude? It's really it's funny you bring this up. Actually, if you uh, if you go read, kind of, this is kind of what T Total is all about. Actually, my new my new kind of brand that I'm building. Yeah. Um, it's just I remember when I was about eighteen, nineteen, and we all used to go raving. And it, it, we all used to go to different raves. It didn't really matter what genre of music we were going to listen to. It was just about being together and listening to good music. It wasn't like, oh, I like this genre, but, you know, your genre is shit that you listen to. Mine's better than yours. Yeah. Like, since, like, since when has music been about that? Music's always been about coming together, people from different cultures, different backgrounds, and just celebrating music. And I kind of feel like that's been lost a little bit. And it's such a shame. Yeah. It and doesn't it matter. It is the main beauty like, of music. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I think it's funny. I think for the people that are like that, I don't think they're an accurate representation of the music community. No, I think they're so... Uh, I think they're people that will maybe dip in and out and they tend to be the people that are most opinionated. Yeah, and I also think that they're, they are people who are almost following music as fashion. Yeah. Not, not because music has, not because they've been brought up with a certain uh, kind of music, and not because music makes them feel anything. Yeah. I, I, I honestly believe it's like, oh, we, 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 you can't wear fake Yeezys. We've got real Yeezys. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we like Deep House. You can't. And it's just like when you see people, and it's quite sad because I, I've seen DJs, it, the top of their, the top of their elite in the DJ genre, uh, mm. in the in in the house genre, they're playing to it. And yeah. th there was a video, I think, uh, of a really big DJ. I think it was Seth, Seth Troxler. Yeah. And he went to Tomorrowland and he was just, he was mocking it. Oh, I've seen this, the EDM culture. I think, do you know what? I think more than anything, I think Seth's point probably is more the culture rather than the actual music itself. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, it's kind of like the... It's very. I'm trying to be very diplomatic. Um, hey, I dude, think. Say I, what you <laughs> I think it's more kind of like the new age wave of producers, like you said, that try and take shortcuts that aren't really about making real music with real feeling. You know, pushing new sounds. I think that was probably more. more yeah, and also, getting at. and I also understand that with Seth, he is a he is a social media a game player. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and that was that was that was a work. He, you could tell that that was you know he wanted to cause a stir, and he did. Um, but I mean, the... I'm sure he is friends. The, the, you you got to remember as well the beauty of a lot of big time producers is they are ghost producers for a lot yes, of different of artists, and different genres, and they've all come like they've all come from like Salade, you know, big in the tech house game right now. They were dubstep producers. Yeah, DJ just, Zing just used like, to make um, jungle. Route ninety four so used to be Dream. Exactly. And Dream, like, I was like, I only realised that a couple of years ago. And I was like, fuck me, Dream was sick. Yeah. And I've played so many shows of Root. And I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's like, I mean, this, as you know, so, and you'll find especially those producers won't, won't be so opinionated or kind of slag off another genre because they used to make, like, if you love music, you love music. It, it's not constrained to one genre. Like, I know so many producers now that even, like, in their spare time will make, the other genres that they're passionate about. It's about making music. It's, it's about not... yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and do you know what music is 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 a is a beautiful thing because uh, let's let's take it from a yearly uh, as you go through the year. Do yeah. you have like because with me, depending on what time of year, what time of year it is, yeah. is what kind of music I'm into. Yeah, definitely. Is that 100%. weird? And it's like the same every year. Like now, it's 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 in the winter. It's cold. I'm loving R and B and pop. 
I'm yeah. really, I'm, there's a lot of good pop music out there. Yet yeah. when it goes into the summer, I'm like, all right, house, all forms of house, 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 yeah, house, yeah, house, yeah. house. What's it like I, for you? I think, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like the, the weather actually really affects my mood personally. Like in the winter, obviously we take it into the warehouses, into the grimy underground clubs. And I like playing really dark bass and like techno and drummer bass in the winter. That's like, I love it. Um, in the summer though, yeah, like it's like rooftop vibes, festival season. I think as well, another thing that is that really does influence it is what people are making. So producers in the winter yes. will be making really dark tunes because they're stuck inside in their studios. Whereas in the summer, they'll be making tunes on the road, going from festival to festival. The vibe is high, the energy is high, so they're writing stuff that reflects their mood. I think that has a big impact. That's actually on it a really well. interesting point, and one that I had yeah. never thought about. That's a very, yeah. very good point. It all makes sense now, Charlie. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> That's what I presume that from chatting to all my producer friends. That yeah, I guess it, then, it, it, it's all mood reflective. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll, br- we'll break away from uh, the music and your journey, or your journey for a second. Let's go on to your travel plan. So obviously you're traveling a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've got to know, do you have a travel outfit? Oh, God. What do I wear when I travel? Yeah, it's just like, just sport. I, I literally live in sportswear. Like I'm sitting in like trackies and a baggy t-shirt yeah. right now. With Same. My hair. Hoodie like, and yeah. shorts. That's, that's what I roll in. Yeah, like just, <laughs> yeah, just like comfortable stuff. Um yeah, I'm always. I've always got a bag that's probably like twice the size of me. Just, just my <laughs> the bag, the bag's carrying you. You're just like yeah, the literally. Back. I look yeah, like a off. <laughs> whenever I go to gigs. So yeah, always, always massive backpack. Yeah, just chilled. I guess just yeah. Chatting. Yeah. And um, what other random question? What's your favourite airport in England? Oh, okay. Now oh. it's a tough one because you know what? Actually, everyone I've asked have given that same response as you have just. Now. I can tell you which one I I hate the most. <laughs> Luton's terrible. Yeah, um, Luton's down there with the worst. To be fair though, it's quite close to me. So I was actually born there, so I shouldn't take it off too much. But um, it's just because it's being redone. I think probably Gatwick's pretty decent. It's got some. It's got some good food selections. Gatwick's. Well, it depends Gatwick's what terminal pretty. you're at. Oh yeah, that's true. You, south terminal. Is it, goes south? Well, which one? Because like, you could get you could get stuck in the one where you go to Scotland. What no, terminal is that? I think um, is that North Terminal. I don't know. South Terminal is the better one though because it's got the shops. Yeah, um, and, and I think there's one terminal in Gatwick where like there's like a WH Smith. There's like there's minimal food places, and there's just uh, like and there's like a pub which is overpriced. And like, oh, you know, that'd be that'd be the North Terminal probably because yeah. the South Terminal is wicked. It's got like. I always think of like when I when I fly from Gatwick, I'm like you could literally go with nothing but your passport, and just buy everything you need. Obviously, take <laughs> no, you could even buy USBs. You could like, buy everything. You can buy everything you need, like in the airport, and you'd be <laughs> sorted. You could leave your house with just the passport. So, and yeah. do you have a do you have a standard airport meal? Do you go to a certain restaurant? <sighs> do you know what I? I'm actually on a really weird um, diet because I've got like a chronic illness, so I can't really eat that much out. Out, I'm pretty okay. boring. So you're it'll a preparer. Just, you're like a preparer food. Like a what? A, a, a preparer. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because you can't. It's usually just like some sort of sat boring salad. I wish it was more interesting, but yeah, just like some sort of crap rabbit food. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's hey, so. Let's not knock. Let's not knock the rabbit food. <laughs> keeping you healthy, and it's it's probably keeping the nation from obesity. So let's big up the yeah, rabbit yeah. food. Let's big up the rabbit <laughs> food. Big up the cucumber massive. Yeah. yeah. It, funny enough, I was just munching on cucumber. Um, I got to say honestly, I was miserable as fuck. I was like, is this what life has come to now? I, I, <laughs> Biting into a cucumber because I can't be bothered to cook anything. <laughs> uh, 
I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go back to um let's go back to your journey. So we are um we are at the start of your kids' career. Yeah. You've got the uh, specialist show on Thursday. Um and where's what's the development from there? And where let's 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 twine this up with your DJ uh, career as well. Because obviously once you started this, I can imagine your DJ bookings go up rapidly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did that. people take I mean like were you surprised that first of all, did people the, the bookings went up. Were you surprised that people took to you? Did they take to you well? Could they have taken you taken to you better? Was it something that you weren't doing right? What was the story with with the whole reception from bookers and the crowd and stuff? Okay, so this is quite an interesting one. So yeah, at start at the start, it was kind of hard to to kind of place me and kind of get my identity as a specialist DJ because being on Kiss, even though it does have specialist shows, it's still very much a commercial radio station. I am in, yeah, in the same boat with Club MTV. Same. Yeah. Boat. Exactly. Um, and obviously my passion is kind of, I like playing special, like the more specialised, like underground genres is kind of where my passion lies. Um, but I don't know, I guess as a DJ and somebody that loves music and it's come from like a, like I used to play the violin, like I used to be into classical as a kid. No I've grown, way. Yeah, no I've grown, way. Yeah, I'm taking up again soon as Good. well. Good. I'm about to say, can you, you still play it? Can you still do uh, it? I can probably still play like Twinkle Twinkle something if I held like, I don't. I haven't picked up a violin in a while, but I could still play some really rubbish stuff. But I couldn't play like, like a Farrah Jacker on a recording but, and stuff. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. As far but as I'm, I gonna, got. I'm taking it up again. But yeah, I appreciate musicality. I grew up on 80s soul, so I appreciate when I hear if it's well written pop music, I like or well written kind of commercial house, like the kind of blonde stuff because those yeah, guys. Yeah. Are brilliant right very very talented individual very talented so yeah so I kind of didn't have a a problem kind of I was still kind of playing the clubs like that when I started and just kind of yeah I'm I'm not a DJ that will ever prepare a set or turn up and play to the crowd not play to the I still play stuff that I love personally but read the crowd and always kind of yeah play to whatever the kind of night is about so, so yeah, so I kind of started note, like that. Let's yeah. let's hold the conversation there because we can actually talk about what I'm promised the podcast is actually about. Um, reading the crowd and playing to the crowd uh, from from someone who wants to get involved in DJ and blah blah blah. What do you look for? What, what, you, what is it you look for in, in like uh, specifically? What? What like what they're doing? Like, yeah, as in like you know you walk into facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> what are they wearing? We'll put it. We'll put it this way. Put it this way. If you're playing a track and people start to leave the dance floor rapidly, they're probably not feeling it. I don't know. I just kind of it depends where you're playing. Like I know now, if I'm going to somewhere like Birmingham, I can take it really hard, and the bass, I can I can make it really bassy. I can play really bassy to them, and they love it. Um, I I know that perhaps if I play somewhere. Like, oh god, that's my phone going. Sorry, it's cool. Stop. We're, we're keeping this shit in, Charlie. Oh dear lord. We all know your ringtone this now. It's real life. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is real life. It's actually the house phone that's not matching my um, mobile phone. Your house phone's ring. Probably is my sick. nan. I'm not gonna lie. It's probably nan because she doesn't have a mobile. Bless her. Big up nan. What's going Big up on? Big up nan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If people start to leave the dance floor, you know you're not doing a very good job. I suggest. So yeah, just try. Have you ever Have you ever dropped a bomb that's that's literally exploded and and cleared the dance floor ever? Oh, I don't think I've ever like touch wood knocking my head yeah. um, I don't think I've ever completely cleared a dance floor I mean there have been instances where I got booked and I did like a uni ball yep um, with like pendulum but basically all they wanted was like R&B but they'd booked like drum and bass DJs yeah so this DJs. happens and so this this was nothing to do with us as DJs you know the sound we play and if yeah. a promoter books you that's kind of 
their fault. Like I will, I can, I can adapt, and I play a lot of different genres. I won't play them all at once. I'm not like a an open format DJ, if you will. Yeah. I'm still, I play a certain genre, but I play, I like play bass and like techno and house, but. Yeah, if somebody books you and they want like straight up R and B all night, <laughs> wait, I can imagine, right? I can imagine the guy. Um, hi Charlie. Um, so we've got Pendulum tonight, and we uh, were wondering if you could play like Drake and Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, literally, and you're just like, no. Wait. So what was the conversation? What was your conversation like? Okay, <laughs> it, it like we literally, I think this is Touchwood. Like I said again, the only gig that's kind of ever gone horrifically wrong, and I kind of rocked up, got on the decks, it's like everyone's like, way, and then I started playing my normal set, and then yeah people just like looking to the other dj the resident that was on before me i'm like you should literally just paid your resident to stay yeah. all night because every who was on after me as well i can't remember there, there were quite a few people that were playing as well that night and the same thing happened to all of them it was just a bit yeah, and, it, and this is something that is really common you know this is something that really is common in our industry it's happened to all of us it's happened to me god knows how many times yeah i mean i don't know do you remember when i used to wear the face paint and it was really extreme Oh my god, no! Right, so I, I don't think I've ever seen this. Uh, Probably uh, on Instagram. I'm yeah, sure. maybe. I, I, was it like black and white? Yes, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Right, so basically, the face paint was like you know, uh, it was a reflection of me at the time because I was a bit of a nut job, and um, it was also a reflection of me and my passion for music. It's like we said, yeah. I, I always took music to another level because it does that to me. Um, and you turn up to an event in uh, all in face paint, and it's an R and B club, and you're like, "Fuck! Why didn't nobody tell me?" <laughs> Uh, what 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 is what, and so you're standing there with like a room full of like really like well dressed almost borderline pretentious people buying wasting a lot of money on bottles of champagnes and yeah, and I'm here yeah. with face paint and my like Varsky t-shirt and all that and I'm like what and that happened well, looking well keen yeah like literally I I did like I don't think I've ever been so lost in my career <laughs> at that point I was like <laughs> why did nobody tell me <laughs> so funny. oh it's really pretty funny um right so where were we I want to go you mentioned growing up to 80s soul right oh yeah um what was it you were going up to uh, and was it your parents influence was it brothers or sisters uh yeah so like my my parents loved a lot of like well my mum in particular um like Luther Vandross oh. George Benson I had yeah, a lot of yeah. Diana Ross um yeah just like I had we had all those albums kind of on repeat I loved George Michael when I was younger as well got a bit of George yeah he was a bit late obviously like 90s Absolutely. but um but yeah I don't know I had all the classics so when kids my age were I don't know what people were listening what were kids listening to in that well it's like I suppose like Late 80s, 90s. Mm. Uh, well, I was listening to what? So, I, 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 People were listening to a lot of MJ, I guess, growing up. But I had the proper, like, Stevie Wonder, like, George yeah. Benson, Luther Vandross. That's what... And and classical as well. Like, that's what I was obsessed with playing the violin for being... Uh, see, that, that was... God um, knows. That, that, that was... That, that's what did you for music. Classical yeah. music growing up. To have that passion for classical music at that age. I mean, like, uh, the day when I ever have kids... Like I am literally locking them in a room and putting every genre in front of them. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. Like, you're definitely. not leaving until you can recite every song. <laughs> literally, because <laughs> um, it was really interesting. Because I was talking to someone um, uh, at the gym about um, but the state of music and the state of like you know we go to to raves and as DJs we have certain bangers, timeless yeah. bangers that you know that if you know you can pull out at any time at any club yeah. and it'll work. And they're all from the nineties, eighties, and maybe even seventies. Yeah. Um, with, and obviously with music so easy to make now you're not going to get like in 20 years time I yeah. believe you're still going to be rocking out MJ Luther Vandross uh, Lionel Richie they're still going to be the timeless ones Robin S blah 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 um, 
And do you think the generation growing up now, do you think the 80s music is going to disappear or do you think that's still going to carry on? I kind of feel that the 80s is kind of still seeping into like the music today. Like the people that are kind of creating, I don't know, like I feel like all the classics are coming back as well. Like Midland's um, Final Credits was a massive, massive tune last year. And that, that's got a big soulful vocal on it. And it sounds very like, I'm sure it probably was made in a very analog way on, on using hardware and stuff. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that's got such a beautiful classic tone to it. Stuff like Stuff like that, I think, will be classics in the future to come. I hope. Yeah. Do you think... Um, I hope it won't be ele- like all the electronic Electra. kind of uh, I don't catchy, think cheesy... Want, you, know. you know, the thing of in hooks. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think it will. I think... No, I don't. I, don't I think it, I think it will still be the soulful stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, and also, do you think, obviously now with pop music, a lot of it's remakes. In fact, mm. 90% of what we hear in the oh, charts gosh, is remakes. Oh gosh, so much, yeah. Uh, a lot of it is bad some of it yeah. is average it would never be great because they're yeah. actually remaking great tracks so you'll never yeah. make it you know um do you think uh, in 20 years time people will be looking at that or the original as to the classic what do you mean in terms of sampling will they be sampling do well, you know what's, go on, yeah go on. so do you know what's funny about this actually when i was younger i remember being in the car listening to the radio and being like i love this tune and my mum's like this tune is really old so i feel like it's just a different generation of that because when we were like in our teen years we were like yeah. this tune's so cool we had no idea about the original sample because we weren't even you know we weren't savvy even we weren't even an idea let alone born when the original came out so i feel like maybe that's just you know we maybe it's because we're getting old now mate but we're hearing (laughs) we're like oh this tune you know the original this but you know kids today are probably going hey like this is new this is cool we're like no this but they're saying that because um obviously before i uh, we've all the journey when i was doing my resident dj sets yeah i would you know the standard sing-along tracks would be like bon jovi um uh, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. I think that will carry on. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think in term in those environments, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and they are the environments that technically educate a generation. Yeah. It's it's up until that point, and maybe after that point, they start going off and liking certain genres. Yeah, exactly, you know? and start discovering things themselves. Yeah. I mean, ev- everybody makes the same journey. I don't I don't care who you are. Yeah. Everybody everybody has made that same musical journey at some point. You are dancing in the cheese room of a liquid or oceano, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, at some point in your life, <laughs> yeah. Even even if wandering to it by mistake, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Unless you've got a ridiculously cool upbringing and ridiculously cool parents. If you have grown up in the UK, yeah, um, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you will have stepped into one of those places. And half the time, it's probably because the toilets are in that room, and and obviously the, there's more bars. So yeah. there's no there's no queues, so you just got to go straight to the bar, and and then you get caught up in all what they're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually inebriated as well. Yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah. Right, we have digressed totally. Let's go back to your um, your Kiss journey. So we are now in year two of Kiss, and where are you now? Uh, what What was I doing in year two? Yeah, so you, it, <clears throat> so you've had. So I'm guessing that the the show that you started with is a show that you developed and and grown and grown and grown and grown. Yes. So uh, the th- yeah. Sorry. No, go on, go on. So the Thursday night show was just kind of all the music that I kind of liked. It was only for. Did you have power? Time. Did you have ultimate power and say of what was being played? Yeah, from okay. the start on my specialist show. So that I'm is always... that is real. That is really cool. 
Yeah, it's for, it, the beauty of the the later night shows is that you can play around with them a bit more and you can take them a bit deeper because of the time. Yes. Um, now, so that's that Thursday show. Then moved to a Sunday evening prime time, seven till eight pm. So See, it's that kind is of like another milestone in your career. Yeah. So that was like a I closed the weekend sort of thing. So it was like if people were still out raving, party until the Sunday. My job was to kind of like finish it off and just keep it going. Yeah. And then earlier on, was it? yeah earlier on this year it got announced I found it end of last year I got the big Friday night kind of flagship show on Kiss Fresh which is 7 till 10pm so it's three whole hours wait 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 hold on hold on I'm just gonna put some clapping in uh, in, in post edit <laughs> <laughs> go on go carry on um, yeah I got like the big flagship Friday night show so it's 7 till 10pm um, and it's two hours of me mixing. So we kind of, yeah, we play a bit of everything. We start live mixing, actual live mixing. Yeah, live yeah. mixing. I mix it in the show, uh, in the studio, live um, for two hours. And then it takes a lot of prep as well, because obviously I, I will, it's not like kind of off the cuff. I do plan that because I have to key it all because I have to make sure that everything sounds really nice. Yeah. But I just plan it, stick it on my USBs and record box, just plug them in when I get there. And then, because I have to write all the track listing as I go. But yeah, and, and as as you would, Friday night starts with those big kind of feel-good tunes. Um, sometimes we start with a massive drum and bass track. Sometimes we'll start with like house and we'll take it into drum and bass. Second half of my, the mixing part of the show, I take it a bit deeper. So that's when we'll touch on bits like techno bass. We'll take it a bit darker towards the end of the second yeah. hour is kind of like jungle. Maybe you try and, and differentiate every week. Is it always uh, yeah, it's yeah. always a mixture every single week. It's just whatever I'm feeling, whatever I get sent and I try and make it work. Sometimes it is so difficult. Like two hours seems like a long time when I used to have an hour, I struggled to fit stuff in and now two hours I'm like there's so much music yeah, I can't yeah. fit it there's, in it's great it, it, there's too much music yeah. at any point in time there's too much good music you're like oh I can play that oh I can play that oh I can play that <laughs> and then um, and the beauty of the show now is we are the first flagship Friday night show on Kiss Fresh to have guest mixes so I have guests on my show every week right okay not, not interview wise we have guest mixes so we, I've had everyone this year who have we had that's exciting we've had Sheba San we've had drum bass guys like Spy uh, Fred V and Graphics we've had Kidnap Kid Salada I've been in is the podcast going out by the way uh, I don't know yet okay <laughs> I am basically getting um, a weekend show on Kiss as well, so I'll be doing the big Friday night show. Wait, so when when, when will that be? See, can either... you say that yet? Or can you not no, 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 no. This is why I'm just telling you. So I, okay. I, it'll, it'll probably be Saturday night about midnight, I reckon, maybe. Okay. Because um, otherwise, if I did it at like seven, I'd have to play all the sort of like EDM stuff which Kiss plays at the moment. Yeah. Just stuff that I do like. You know, I do like some of the big house stuff, but it's not really my sound. So I would have to compromise. So I, I'm kind of sticking to what I do on yeah, Kiss Fresh and yeah, 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 and taking that over into Kiss. So that's going to be happening in the next kind of couple of months. The big boss already sat me down. I was like, "Yeah, we're putting you here," and I was like, "Okay." So, I can imagine. Okay, let's let's go digress. What was he wearing? I, I think he was wearing a grey suit with a with a white shirt. Do you know we don't actually wear no one wears suits and kids ever so <laughs> You just ruined my childhood Sorry. as DJ execs. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not how it works. It's how you imagine it, but yeah. no. Like side partying, so glasses, grey suit, um, and no. sitting down with, with like a glass of water next to them. Uh, um, it's, it's radio is so chill, you know, like I could just go, I could literally just walk in and like trackies and make my hair up and no one would bat an eyelid. I mean, 
it's so chill. You can do what you want, really, as long as the radio sounds good. Yeah, because I've always been fascinated with uh, with radio because I've never been involved with it, and, and it's like this is my first step on to, to to doing journalism and radio radio stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always been really fascinated with how the background of it works, uh, and I understand that during the daytime there are obligations of music, and yeah, you've got to fulfill blah blah blah. Uh, but to find out to hear from you just now that there is a lot of freedom out of like primetime hours and yeah. and what you can do with that is actually yeah. really interesting because it is like what you know if you want to, if anyone wants to start a radio show with with a passion for music yeah that's the goal yeah absolutely I mean depending on like I said what time of the evening you have a specialist show like um if it's like a still a primetime show you have to very much take into account the audience. So when I do my Friday night show on Kiss Fresh, I'm very aware that it's going from what we call playlisting. So you understand, yeah. 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 So everything that's playlisted in the daytime, it's kind of the crossover. So I wouldn't go from you know Alex is the show before me and go from a. So for the people that are listening that don't know what playlisting is, describe that. So playlisting essentially is when. Um, it's kind of like tracks you have on rotation. So if you've ever listened to the radio, you go, oh, I've heard this tune a million times today. Mm -hmm. um, the reason for that is because it's on a playlist. Um, a lot of it's segregated into like A-list, B-list, C-list. The A-list is played, I don't know, every, every couple of hours, every three maybe. B-list is played like a couple of times a day and C-list and so on and so forth. Um, it's just whether... When, when I suppose they sit down and they have like a big meeting in radio, the head of music... In, in their grey suits... In it, not in the grey suits. In the grey suits. Say it, um, say it. No, we're fine. It's great. It's all in grey suits. It's all pretty, yeah, it's all really important for me. And um, yeah, they do. They all, they kind of sit down and they have meetings and they, they listen to the music and they decide, right, this is what our listeners will like. So this is, this is what we're going to play for the listeners. And, you know, these people are qualified. It's not just someone goes, I like that tune. Like it's people that have worked in the music industry and, and, you know, decide they, they will know their listenership. Like our demographic, for example, is very different to the BBC. Ours is very similar to Capital, but our demographic equally would be very different to, say, Magic FM. Completely different playlisting rules. Yeah. So I, do, I, I just different. say I'm a big fan of Magic. Yeah, I love Magic. Do you know, well, do you know what I love about Magic? Let's just have a chat about Magic for a second. Uh, the presenter will tell me what song is next and then ask me, is that all right with you? And I'll reply, while hoovering, that is fine with me, mate. You go and play Diana Ross and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have them, the funny thing about Magic is obviously they're part of the Bauer Network. So their their station is in our building. So whenever we go to, whenever I go to the toilet, it's Magic in the Loo. So it's great. It's we get Magic all the, in the Loo. I can't all think the soul of a while you experience. pee. I know. All the soul while you pee. That's what you want in life. Good for really? Magic. Yeah. I actually genuinely am a massive fan of Magic. <laughs> So am I. I'm not even saying that. Uh, right, going back to um, the, the the show that you're on now, and um, is that where you are today with with uh, Kiss FM? Yes. So, oh. like, yeah, the Friday night show with the guest mixes every week, um, and I do breakfast on Kiss Fresh every morning as well, which is obviously a playlisted thing. Yeah. Um, that's not so much the music on there. The good thing about Kiss Fresh, I suppose, as like even it's daytime, is kind of a bit cooler than Kiss. Sure. We'd, don't play Taylor Swift and we don't play the pop anthems that yeah, you probably yeah, yeah. it's a lot of new dance music breaking through which is which is kind of nice and a lot of the time it's really cool because my Friday night show kind of we premiere all the stuff that ends up getting playlisted um, and I don't know if this is so you're like I was there first that was me <laughs> that was me <laughs> um, 
but no, it's nice and it's really exciting to see artists that, that I support as well that we've supported for like years to kind of filter into playing. It's like, yay! Yeah, it's, like a, it's, it's, a, it's a good proud um, moment. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so it's the Friday night show and then obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, a show on, uh, another special show on, on Main Station Kiss Dude, this year. Seriously, yeah. And uh, if anyone's listening with any influence over this, <laughs> sort it out. Um, I've got to ask as well. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say anything or not. But have you ever made a massive blunder live on radio? Oh yes, I have. Can you talk about it? Um, uh, can I? Can well, we talk about it in third person? So maybe like a, a guy called Greg was on radio once. So, but, well, I could kind of. It, it was a bit of a blunder. It wasn't. It wasn't actually my fault. Um, we were recording some travel once for a breakfast show, right, okay. and um, let's just say I couldn't get my words out properly, and there was there was a little bit of a bleep, and um, they, didn't, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't edit the bleep out, and the bleep went out with the travel bulletins. And well, I think sometimes if you are listening to travel, travel radio, you know, yeah. sometimes they just need their ears perking up, mm. and what better way? To be honest, yeah, I got it. Oh, but to be fair, it wasn't completely my fault because it was supposed to be edited out. But I shouldn't in a studio environment. You're always supposed to be very, of course. Clear. Yeah, professional. I, I would have loved to have heard that travel. And then I, I instantly I would have been like, who's that girl? Where's her show? I'm listening. I've actually got a little <laughs> snippet of it. With a have you really? I can send it to you after this. You, send it to, <laughs> you have to send that to me. <laughs> Don't put it in the interview, please. No, it out. no, it's, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so before we wrap things up, Charlie, thank you so much. I know we've gone over the allotted time. Um, I've had a lot of fun. It's been That's really something. nice. That's what podcasts are all about, isn't it? It is, yeah. And what's really... I've, it's just I, I find it really therapeutic because I'm learning things that I, you know stories about people like this stories about you I had no idea yeah and it's so like refreshing it's so nice just to have conversations that are unrestricted um, in in many ways and it's just been really really cool chatting but I got some a uh, couple of things I want to know as well yeah of course. Um, your favorite DJ right now oh right oh god um, can I have a few no. Oh God! Really, just one? Really? Yeah, oh. one right now. That 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 is relevant in your mind right now. The first one that probably springs to okay. Mind. No, you know what? You're a guest. I'll give you a couple. Go okay, on. okay. Um, I think just because of how much he is generally killing life right now, Andy C has got to be up there. We're just oh, one of the all-time favorites. Just Andy because is doing he bits. He is like, he's just, you know, he's in the middle of his XO wire residency at the moment. He sold out freaking Ali Pali. And, you know, for a lot of people that say drum and bass is dead, I just think, you know, I take my hat off to him. Because he's genuinely, I've known Andy for years, one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in your entire life. He's so humble. He's so incredibly talented. And he is a sick DJ. And he still sits and sifts through all his music and chooses the music himself and still supports so many young artists. And... Yeah, he's like, if you haven't seen any videos from his XOY residency, I'm going to, I've booked three nights to go and see. Like, I'm going to see him three, I've seen him millions of times, but going to three nights. Because you know that every night's going to be different. And every night is going to be amazing is the most important thing. Like, he is the most ridiculous selector. Um, Yeah, and so quick and... It's funny you mentioned Andy C, actually, because uh, at the gym today, I was running to his uh, soundtrack. um, And he's always there on my gym. Every time I need perking up... Quick Andy C on Apple Music. Love Andy. He's so great. Um, And another one for me personally, it has to be Scream just because he has been part of like my musical journey 
like since I used to be big in the dubstep game yeah, like Skins, years ago. Skins, and... uh, he's, a, he's a really talented individual. And he's someone that I found that he's, he's like when he switched from dubstep to the more deep stuff. Yeah, when he it, switched to techno, yeah. Yeah, it was more, it was a kind of like, yeah, this is how I like music. I'm, you know, I'm not doing yeah. music to, to sell. I'm doing music that I actually enjoy making. And, and yeah. that, that's something that I really respect in people. I think it was just for, for Scream as well. You can just tell he's a very talented, like he's a naturally talented producer because it was just so organic for him to make that switch. Yeah. Like, and watching him as well, he was he was that kid that, you know, at 14 years old started DJing and started making records and just really like honed his craft. Like everything, you know, you look back at tracks like Midnight Request Line and you look forward to some of his like forward thinking stuff now, like Settle. Yeah. All yeah. of it, even though they're completely different genres, the idea is it's still so pioneering and like so crisp. Like it's just his thought process. And like that resonates into his DJing as well. Like he's one of my favorite people to watch just because I watched him and Jackmaster do a back to back. So one of my favorite ever sets I think I've seen them do. Because Jackmaster's great as well. Um XOYO. And they literally were going from like old school, like really dark old school bass. They played like, oh, they played like um Benko, what's it called? Do, 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 do. Oh, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then, um, and they switched it up into like new R Jonas Rasmussen, and I was oh. just like, "How are you doing this? Oh. This is so great." Sorry. But yeah, they they are like the perfect example of like people that read the crowd perfectly. Like, yeah, they're they're great as well. I remember um, back when dubstep was massive. I was up in Leeds uh, to see one of my mates at uni, and uh, I would see it to see Scream. I went to an event that Scream was at, um, and all I can remember was thinking, like, I can't remember much of that night. Yeah, you know, they're honest. the best ones, though. They are the best <laughs> ones. And all I can remember um, was people like, I've never seen you, like, on the dance floor like that before. And I don't think to this day I've ever been there. And, and I wish I could remember more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, right. to be fair, I don't remember more of the old ones. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it's probably just those two. I kind of want to, I kind of want to choose somebody that maybe isn't, as as well known, but I think I think no, the masters and the masters. Yeah, first, it's all. You know? it's, it's, they are. They're there for the reason, and um, yeah. they deserve to be. You know, on the I want to be a DJ favorite DJ. Oh, list. there is one more that I absolutely love. Um, Gerd Janssen is great. He's been great every single time I've seen him as well. Just to stick a bit more soul in there. So okay. yeah, probably those four. Awesome. Charlie, thank you so yep. much. Um, if people want to find you uh, on social media or anywhere, where would they go? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at charlie tee dj and yeah it's facebook forward slash charlie tee dj and charlie dot t on soundcloud on um i gotta go to social media right because obviously social media is the old hype brand in this day and age what's yeah. your most used what's your like go-to social media or is oh. it does it diff, differ compared to what to what you're doing because i gotta be yeah. honest right you know because yeah. what we do what we do um I, I find it sometimes a real headache to like ah. Oh, have I got to put this on social media? Can I not just enjoy this moment? And it's like, I, I'm, I'm starting to get really frustrated with social media because yeah. it's got to a point now where I'm like, I just can't be fucked with it. But at the same time, I know I need to be up with it because it yeah. means so much to my brand. I mean, I could talk about this till the cows come home. Like <laughs> social media, I used to enjoy because it's a really good promotional tool. If there's anything that you're doing and you want to shout about it, I'm not a very good person at like, you know, going up to all my friends on a night out and be like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this thing. Yeah, and, like, do, do, you do, 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 do you want to go this? I got a ticket. Yeah. Do you want to buy a ticket? 
I'm not very good at that. So for me, social media is great, but it it's also like the pressure, like sometimes when you've got a lot on and it's like you're trying to keep up with everybody else on social media. And I think this is where a lot of like young social anxiety comes from as well. I mean, I could talk about this 100%. subject. 100%. Yeah, we, I could go into hours. this. Um, but it's it's just, a very touchy subject. Yeah, and... just to touch on it lightly, I think that I think that social media used in the right way is great. I think that me personally now, I don't... I will use it to post things as a promotional tool, but I will restrict personally how much I actually sit and go on it a day. Yeah. Um, and I try to limit myself just because I think you can make yourself, you, you can, you can, yeah. You, you can become addicted. And then you can the, sit, yeah. You the can insecurities s- that come from that and the destruction to your mental being yeah. is, uh, is, is, is grass. I took, um, I took a massive vow a couple of years ago when I was on social media and obviously I was, I, I had my personal accounts and I had the Vasky accounts and I was like, this is getting too much. And the way I had to, to restrict it is I took all my personal accounts down. Yeah. So now to me, social media is purely thing. business. And I get people, um, my mates get um, like, they get a little bit annoyed and family get annoyed. Like when they tag me in like family events and i'm like listen you can't do that because i'm working so fucking hard to like keep my family out of this because i just see social media in a certain way and that move that that move that i made has basically made social media to me what social media should be but even still there's times where um you're like fuck i've not posted anything in ages and that means i'm not going to get much traction on the next post and what if the next post is really important yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, you got to keep going. Like, um, I was really surprised though with uh, the most recent post I put out was about this podcast. And I, and I, honestly, Charlie, I wasn't really expecting any response. I was expecting zero comments because I put the video up was episode zero of the podcast, and yeah. I was I was saying, you know, one of these episodes, I want you know you guys to ask me questions, anything yeah. you want. I don't give a fuck. I'll answer everything. Um, and I was overwhelmed by the response, and I was like, fuck, it does work. Yeah, because the ima- I've got I think, enough questions to fill like a four-hour show. I think the um, the important thing about social media now is if if you know personally, like I I will I with social media now I just try and have fun. So like if I have a moment or a new track that I love or I go to see a DJ that I see, then I will put that up. I won't just I will try not to post for post's sake. I mean we're all guilty of it every yep. now and again. No one's perfect, but yeah. Now I I guess I I yeah. I'll just try and post things that I think that I enjoy or I'm genuinely interested in because if I'm genuinely interested in somebody them, someone else has got to be. Or someone needs educating in it. Yeah, and yeah. don't just post things that you think other people like want to hear or like. Do you know what really think. pisses me off now? What, what really grinds my gears on social media? <laughs> what really grinds yeah. my gears. I love Family Guy. I know. So, <laughs> um, inspirational posts. If I see someone oh, an putting inspirational posts, yeah, I no, either hide, unfollow, or delete. There's there's a place for those, and it's called the Good Quotes, and it's, it is an Instagram account I follow, but I only follow it for when I'm having a bad day. But that's day. the thing. It's like, and that's, they're nice that's what ones. That they're is, not like you know? they're not like self gratifying. Like if someone writes about themselves, it's not like an ego boost. They they people write them for other people that are having that's a bad right. day to cheer them up. And that's I'm, the only that's <laughs> the only time I go to them. So I'm like, I need cheering up today. What you got? But what annoys me is that people. People are nicking posts from the good book and yeah. putting it on their pages like oh yeah i believe in this and then yeah. I, I won't I, i'll literally i'll, I'll take Un- action unfollowed unfollowed but hey charlie listen we've, we've gone nearly an hour it's yeah. been so good and so refreshing <laughs> and really therapeutic uh to have you on and i'd love to get you on again yeah man. Um, yeah thank you so much for having me it's been really no. interesting it's, it's nice to chat yeah about i guess kind of 
the like he said to kind of give a bit more insight to what actually happens yeah, and I think people need to know I don't it is a, it is a lot of fun don't get me wrong this job is a lot of fun but it is a lot of hard work and if anyone is listening and wanted to know the answers to lots of those questions like how do you get into it just be willing to work really really hard and the good stuff will come that's the only piece of advice I kind of give that is the only piece of advice I can give you right now yeah. <laughs> Charlie thank you so much thank you take care see you soon take care bye